0: Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership, a podcast series that dives into the energy, financial, government, healthcare, manufacturing, and retail industries. The IDC team will discuss hot topics and provide insightful, fact-based research and strategies to help your organization become truly resilient. Presented by IDC on the Voice America Business Channel. And now... Here's our host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: And today we continue becoming digitally resilient in the healthcare and life sciences industry I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Nice to be here. Our topic today very important disruption as a catalyst for change. I think the whole world is looking at that topic. We're going to be speaking today with I'm going to ask my guests, we're on Zoom, I can see them, to wave when I say hello. IDC's Mutaz, Taz, T-A-Z, thank you for letting me call you by your nickname, Shigawi. And we have welcoming back Lynn Dunbrack. Hello, Lynn. So happy to see you again. We just spoke a couple weeks ago. And Dr. Namita Lemay. Hello, Namita. Wave hello. We're going to be discussing something that I have never heard of before. I can't wait to learn the digital front door. And here's a big word, Taz, I hope I can do this, the operationalization of virtual health services, decentralized clinical trials, and vaccine management. Hot topics in the news. Let's go around the table briefly, introductions. Taz, please introduce yourself. Welcome.
2: Sure. Thank you, Bonnie. My name is Mutashi I'm the research director for Healthcare Provider, IT Transformation Strategies at IDC Health Insights. So I look at all the technologies to do with the provider vertical. Um, clinical technologies such as EHRs and Uh, interoperability, looking at patient engagement, patient experience, medical imaging and archiving, and then on the operational side I look at things like revenue cycle management although we're starting to see that become more clinical itself, Um, enterprise and resource management, and um, all the IT services and the infrastructure space, so it's a very comprehensive uh, research program that I lead, but a very exciting one considering all the disruption that has happened since the COVID-19 pandemic and the impact of that on healthcare provider organizations. Um, I joined IDC coming from the vendor side. I was previously with an EHR vendor, so I did a lot of work with uh, large health systems and hospitals on all things related to electronic health records and challenges to do with that. Um, prior to that, I did a lot of work in research consulting and academia, uh, mostly on health system strengthening projects for international agencies. Uh, I'm a physician by background, so uh, a lot of uh, the research I do and what really excites me and makes me passionate about this is, you know, being able to shed light on the challenges for those folks at the front lines of care.
1: You are in an exciting field, and I can tell you've been very, very busy, Tess. So we're very happy to have you here. Lynn Dunbrack, welcome back. Quick refresh of who you are and why you're here. Lynn,
3: hi. Hi, Bonnie. I'm Lynn Dunbrack. I am the group vice president for public sector, so I run both the IDC uh, government insights team as well as the IDC health insights team. I was actually one of the first analysts to join the uh, health insights team back in 2005, I've had a long career in healthcare, working for healthcare organizations, software companies. Did a tour with another research firm, so really have um, over the years, you know, a long, a long career and a long opportunities to see many different uh, aspects of the career. I also run the connected health program, so I'm very passionate about all technologies related to connected health.
1: Thank you very much, and Dr. Namita Lemay. Let's talk to you. Please introduce yourself.
3: Thanks,
4: Bonnie. I'm Dr. Namita Lemay. I'm a research VP. I'm leading life sciences, the life sciences R&D strategy and technology program at IDC. Um, I've spent about 25 years in the life sciences industry, working with pharma, CROs, life sciences tech consulting, and even running my own company. I think one thing that I've really noticed over the past two years is these are really exciting times. There's so much that's changing. And throughout my career, I've been really passionate about the role that data technology and analytics are playing in reshaping this industry. And that's really
1: been evidenced over the past two years. Thank you very much. Pleasure to meet you. We have a packed house today. Let's go to I've asked Taz to send me a quote from a fictional character. Taz, you picked such an iconic quote. I think people use this almost every day, and I love it when a guest brings it. It's from Jedi Grandmaster Yoda, puppeteered and voiced by the wonderful Frank Oz. The movie, of course, is Star Wars Episode five, Roman Numeral V, The Empire Strikes Back 1980, American epic space opera. I love the idea of a space opera film. I still haven't figured that out. And this is Yoda's most memorable quote in the entire Star Wars universe. Do or do not, there is no try. Taz, how does this relate to our topic today? Love this quote.
2: Right, so in in the movie Luke lacks the faith to use the force to lift his sunken X-wing fighter plane Um, and Yoda tells Luke to basically kind of unlearn his doubts and and to understand um, uh, or his understanding about what he thinks is possible and impossible and Luke says I'll try and Yoda says that quote so basically what Yoda's saying is there is no middle ground you must do something or not do it and and for me uh in applying that to healthcare uh this means you can't casually approach something and and hope it'll play out the way you want you need to be very determined and and there's uh, and, and to know that there's nothing that can stand in the way of accomplishing the task at hand. And I, I chose this quote particularly in relation to uh, the digital front door and the COVID-19 pandemic, um, especially when it started with all the lockdowns and the safety concerns around cross-infection, um, healthcare providers needed to transform or else. And so that's trying to relate that quote to you know the industry and what it means to me.
1: Thank you, Taz. Very interesting. I'll tell you briefly, I was a programmer, analyst, uh, Namita and Lynn. I'm considered an early woman in tech, not back in the Grace Hopper days, but after that in the 1970s. I won't tell you when. Key punch days. Yeah. Xerox, Sigma-6, CP5, Mm -hmm. disc packs. We had to climb up on a stool and drop them into the... Lynn Lynn may have read about this. I don't think she was there. Anyway, it was ones and zeros, Taz. There was no in between. You either put a 1 in or you put a 0 in and that's the way it was so there is no try I appreciate right. the quote Taz let's do a deep dive into the topic today we have so much to talk about in so little time but this is just really an introduction to what the audience's appetite on all the knowledge you and your colleagues today are going to share with us so digital front door talk to me and then we will save a couple minutes for Lynn to respond and for Namita to respond Taz I'm putting you on speaker view
2: talk to me please Sure. So, uh, you know, pandemic-driven disruption was really the ultimate catalyst for for change in healthcare. And healthcare was already digitally transforming before the pandemic. um, uh, But that changed dramatically during the pandemic when patient volumes and elective procedures suddenly dropped due to the lockdowns that I mentioned earlier. And so we saw the industry basically catapult into this very rapid mode of digital transformation to deal with or to contend with this pandemic situation. And we often say that two years of digital transformation happened in the first two months of the pandemic, especially with that pivot to virtual care, where everything from you know, telehealth to front-end conversational AI chatbots and symptom checkers were unleashed to, uh, to, to manage COVID-19. And for example, we did a survey uh, during that initial pandemic wave, and we found that 83.9% of patients who had a care visit uh, during that time, had a virtual care visit for the first time, and that 72.5% of those uh, survey respondents used a, a front-end conversational AI chatbot or a symptom checker. Um, and that pivot to virtual care ultimately led to the emergence of the digital front door.
1: Keep going on the topic. I want to talk more because I know you had a lot of things you wanted to share with us, so let's keep going. Taz, a little more, please.
2: Sure, sure. So the digital front door is this kind of end-to-end technology initiative we're seeing in healthcare. We define it as being all the touch points where providers and payers can digitally interact with patients or their members to drive better access, better engagement, and and better experiences across the service. So it's a a platform, uh, a a technology vehicle or fabric that supports and links things like patient messaging and outreach tools, um, open access scheduling portals, websites, mobile apps, um, chatbots, a barrage of different types of digital tools um, uh, and, and, and capabilities basically to to scale virtual care to meet the patient where they are, or in the case of payers, you know, members or in the life sciences, uh, clinical trial recruits as an example. Um, and the benefits uh, are, are primarily a result of, you know, that scaling of services to meet the consumer uh, where they are. And with that, you know, costs become more affordable and uh, the burden on clinicians and patients is less because processes are digital and virtual now and not physical, um Organizations end up conserving more resources, especially physical resources that way and in the pandemic, we saw digital front doors used to minimize or to eliminate altogether uh, the likelihood of cross infection between patients and staff.
1: Very, very interesting. Let me just ask you a quick question before I bring in Lynn and Namita. Taz, what about the demographics of the patient populations that are embracing and accepting this? What are you seeing in boomers, in people who are not that familiar with digital capabilities who might not have a good internet connection? Oh, no. Uh, people who are say they're too busy to do this, people who are distracted, moms and dads who are at home with kids teaching and trying to learn and become teachers and caregivers and all, everything. How is the adaptability the adoptability going? Just briefly, what are you seeing?
2: Yeah, in general, we're seeing this well-received. I think, you know, traditionally, healthcare always focused on the doctor. And, uh, you know, relationships were rather paternalistic and, uh, you know, very brick and mortar and a lot of paper and, uh, you know, very outdated communication methods. But through the digital front door and scaling, you know, virtual care services to meet People where they are based on their preferences, and with the added convenience of all these digital tools and capabilities, um, we're seeing uh, it being very well received, and, and that you know the industry is starting to gravitate to becoming a more consumer-friendly industry. In fact, by 2023, uh, we predict that 65% of patients will have access to care through a digital front door. So it's um, it's a very interesting period uh, in the history of uh, of healthcare, and and. Clearly, it's it's making an impact on all the spectra and, and the various de- demographics.
1: The opportunities are exciting. Lynn Dunbrack, let's get your PLV on this. Join us, please.
3: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think one of the things, you know, we, we often say that seniors, and I'd put that in like more in the 80s and 90s, are not that tech savvy. But when we moved my dad into assisted living, it was like moving a Best Buy. He had the scanners, the laptops, the whole nine yards. So I think we'd we do our seniors a disservice by saying that they're not, they're not tech savvy. One of the advantages, of course, as you know, the adult child managing a, a, an elderly parent is yes. this technology actually makes it possible for you to be a part of a visit or to have siblings who are across the country be part of a visit. So I think there's lots of opportunities for us to use this you know, across, across many d- demographic cohorts. You know, certainly the sandwich generation is going to benefit from this. They're managing youngsters and adults, uh, adult parents, or their their parents as adult children. So I think there's, I I think that we will see, you know, a greater, a continued uptick in this. We're actually going to be running a consumer survey again this quarter, and I think that that will confirm exactly our hypothesis that this is, virtual care is here to stay.
1: I'm happy to hear that, Namita. Let's get your thoughts on this, please. Join us, agree or disagree with anything or all we've heard. Go ahead.
4: Oh, well, I certainly agree with what both Lynn and Taz said. I think they brought up great points. I'd just like to extend that a bit to life sciences. So um, when we talk, you know, the concepts of care anywhere or the concepts of the digital front door to that extent and even remote things like remote patient monitoring, these weren't really related to life sciences. These were kind of more relevant to healthcare. Today, this has become the language of life sciences as well. And you're really seeing, you know, the past two years, as I said, at the beginning of the pandemic have not only been disruptive to healthcare, they have been so disruptive to life sciences. So you're seeing the rise and rise of decentralized clinical trials. You're seeing clinical trials going to patients' homes and whether it's direct to patient shipment of drugs, whether it's remote patient monitoring, technology is playing a huge role. But I, I would also say that technology has been a game changer. But we need to tread with caution because these two years, I think you've also seen very high levels of distrust. So, uh, technology is certainly the game changer. Technology, data analytics are, are paving the way, but we need to um, follow full measures to build that trust and patience. And um, I don't think technology has, you know, technology is evolving, but what has, where you're really seeing the revolution is in an attitude. So there's been, I would call it an attitudinal revolution complemented by digital evolution, which has been shaping the way for this industry.
1: Thank you very much. Such exciting topics. We could talk for hours. Taz Shigewi, I'm so honored to have you here. Thank you for introducing us to the digital door. Lynn Dunbrack, always a pleasure to speak with you. And Dr. Namita LeMay, I want to thank you all. And a shout out to Mary Conroy, your marketing person you work with, who put this all together. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, signing off for another really, really interesting episode of IDC Industry Thought Leadership. Find us, voiceamerica.com, the business channel. We are doing 18 segments on six different industries. So much great information changing the world. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. IDC is committed to helping IT and business leaders build the future enterprise. Email your comments and questions to insights at idc.com. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel for additional sessions with IDC.